It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Happy New Year, everyone. Today is January 1st, 2020. My name is Philip Ross. I'm the expert insight editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic... We're going to talk about the Magic's loss to Philadelphia 76ers. The first loss of the season, a disappointing loss, and a loss that shows a the work the Magic still have to do, very obviously, um, but some of the limitations and some of the pitfalls of the way that they're trying to play. We'll talk a little bit, make some notes about that. I do want to try and make this a quick episode. It's maybe not a full box score dive, not that there's much to say. We'll hear from some of the players on the Magic as well since I was at the game uh, and recap what happened. Um, so hopefully a quick turnaround episode here. I know it's the holiday, so I want everyone to enjoy their New Year's, but still get their Magic fix. I'm sure you're dying to know what I have to say. But before you do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. We're searching for every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's podcasts covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the 76ers perspective on this game? Check out Locked On Sixers. I was actually recently a guest on Locked On Cavs when I was talking about the Magic when they were previously undefeated. Uh, to help preview the Magic's game against the Cleveland Games, not game, games against the Cleveland Cavaliers next week, you can check out Locked On Cavs. Want to get the lowdown on the Oklahoma City Thunder after their loss to the New Orleans Pelicans? Check out Locked On Thunder. The Magic will play the Thunder on Saturday. No matter what your team is, whether it's in the NFL, MLB, NHL, or college shoe, there is a Locked On podcast for you. Just search for every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. I would say this. It all started okay. Um, you know, I think a lot of us built up, I certainly built up this matchup and said, you know, I think this is going to be a really good matchup. I think this was going to be a really good test for the Orlando Magic and a chance to really see if they're ready to compete at the highest level. I mean, it was fun to say and fun to joke and say the Magic were the last undefeated team in the NBA um, that, you know, that they deserve to be taken seriously. But at the end of the day, you only deserve to be get taken seriously if you can beat these good teams. Trust me, I am a Northwestern fan. For the longest time, Northwestern Northwestern football has been searching for legitimacy, for people to, you know, forget that the 80s ever existed. They, they did not win many games in the 80s. Uh, and understand that this is a legitimate program that's now been to the Big Ten Championship game two, two times in the last three years. Yet, every, you know, I had a friend who would always say this about Northwestern to me. Every time you think they've turned the corner, they don't. So, you want to win games? Beat Ohio State. Don't lose to Michigan State when you're ranked number nine, when, when all that is right in front of you, when you have the opportunity to be on the big stage. When you get these chances to change perceptions, you got to take it. Otherwise, you're Dennis Green. You are what you thought they were. 
The Atlanta Magic weren't on national TV by any means, but they were on NBA TV, and this was a marquee matchup. You know, the Philadelphia 76ers are far from a perfect team. What I've watched from them, I've watched a couple of their games before to, before tonight or before Thursday night, uh, and, and felt like there, you know, there are definite flaws in that team. I don't think that team is perfect by any stretch of the imagination. I think that is a very deeply flawed Sixers team um, that you know has a, a you know a, honestly this is the best I've seen Joel Embiid play. Uh, you know, even coming off of the bubble. Uh, I thought he played, you know, that, that game against the Magic especially had a very good game. Um, you know, they, they have something, but they haven't been able to put all the pieces together. But this is a, they're a marquee opponent. And yeah, the Magic beat the Heat earlier last week, but now that everyone's sort of paying attention to them, you're, you're past kind of the initial shock of the first games of the season. The first game of the season is always kind of a roll of the dice anyway. Now that we're past that initial shock, this game, you know, again, not the end of the world. One lot, you know, the Magic were going to lose eventually. I had the Magic actually losing this game, even even in my op, even my optimist brain. Um, it's not the end of the world, but you needed to compete. You needed to show that you belonged on the stage. And yes, the Magic crapped the bed, so to speak. Sorry for the language. Um, from the very beginning, you know, I thought the Magic's defensive rotations early on were okay. I thought they were kind of overextending on their closeouts. You know, again, they were they were they were there being forced to rotate. Their ball containment was not very good. Um, but I thought largely they were they were doing the right things. They were playing with the right intention through the first couple possessions of the game. And and the Philadelphia, who had struggled to hit three point shots to this point in the season, made a bunch of threes. And the Magic just could not answer. The Magic just did not feel like they were into the game offensively. And honestly, as, as much as the defense struggled. The defense didn't struggle in this game any more than it struggled uh, in other games this year. I don't think Philadelphia did anything super special on that. Super special that Orlando wasn't prepared for, uh, or that Orlando you know couldn't couldn't figure out and adjust as the game went on. But what was different to me about this game was the offense just wasn't there. Markel Fultz was settling for jumpers. He wasn't getting into the lane, and when he was, yes, the Sixers are a very very good defensive team. And this is honest. This is honestly the thing that I was most curious about watching in this game was to see whether the Magic's offense could stand up to a very good defense. The Thunder had a statistically good defense entering that game on Tuesday, but without Al Horford and George Hill, certainly not the same kind of team. And we saw some pockets where the Magic struggled in that game. Um, again, the Heat in the first game of the season, I, I, that barely counts. Washington doesn't play defense at all. Um, this is a very, very good Philadelphia defense. They've been good for several years, or potentially been very good for several years. They've been very good this year. Uh, that that's they're, they're kind of like what the Magic were last year, where they started off gangbusters defensively but couldn't shoot worth worth anything. Um, Orlando, Orlando just could not get shots. And it wasn't just that they were getting good shots and missing them. They weren't getting good shots. And Philadelphia did a good job just kind of keeping Orlando on their back foot. Whether it was you know sticking a bigger player on Markel Fultz, uh, whether it was just, just denying all paint penetration uh, and challenging any shots that were taken in the paint. Orlando couldn't get their mid-range jump shots going, and the threes they were getting weren't good. Philadelphia's defense deserves a lot of credit, but Orlando did a lot of this to themselves, and, and, and they fell down into a deep, deep hole because they kept trying to shoot their way out of it instead of executing their way out of it. How did the Magic come back from that 17-point deficit? Yes, it was a couple of quick shots from Michael Carter-Williams and a couple of uh, big plays from him. But all those shots were coming in the paint. They weren't jumpers. They weren't pull-up jumpers. They weren't, you know, hero ball shots. They were off of ball movement and off of dribble penetration. That's what the Magic were not getting. That The Magic just were not able to get into a groove. And yeah, some of that was they weren't able to get out in transition. They weren't able to get very many stops. 
Um, but it just it, it became a cycle in that way. So the Magic were already not playing great defense. Um, so they weren't able to get out in transition. They weren't able to find some rhythm offensively. They're already, you know, not playing great off. They weren't playing great offense in this game. Just kind of not into it. Uh, you know, again, I, 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 y'all know me. I hate saying effort. I don't think effort was necessarily the problem. I thought effort was fine. The execution and the decision making were just poor. And you know, I do think one thing that we saw in this game. And again, this is not a. I'm not saying this is a bad thing. This isn't some super critical thing that I'm saying. You know, Markel Fultz is still a young point guard. I think he's still figuring out uh, how he is going to get his shots in this in the flow of the offense and how he's going to manage this this offense. Uh, and you know, I asked, actually asked Steve Clifford about it after the game. You know, I said, you know, what did you think about Markel Markel's game? And you know, he said, you know, I think Markel's done a really good job organizing the team, which I completely agree with. But something Clifford said that he's talked to Markel about is. You know, sometimes Markel tries to get others involved instead of taking the taking the lead. And you know, actually, someone commented to me on this on Twitter. Feels like Markel Fultz isn't on the ball very much. And you know, I, I decided not to rewatch this game, celebrate the New, Year, New Year's Eve a little bit. Um, I honestly agree with that statement. Um, I don't think Markel was on the ball as much as he could have been or as he should have been. Uh, and and I do think that that was. A factor in this in the Magic getting off to such a slow start. Um, you know the Magic just couldn't get into their groove. It didn't help, of course, that Evan Fournier went out with back spasms eight minutes in the game. He was apparently dealing with the back spasms before the game. Um, tried to play through it, just couldn't get through it. His defense wasn't great throughout the course of the game too. Um, you know he was getting a lot of blow bys, and and so it was clearly affecting him. Again, if you're on the court, you need to perform. He didn't perform, um, and, and just everything fell apart from there. The Magic trailed by as many as 38 points in this game. We've seen some teams go down big uh, this season already. Um, it it was not it was not pretty by any stretch of the imagination. The Magic just could not get anything going offensively. There were pockets. I think the second half, the Magic came out with a little bit more energy. They did win the third quarter uh, for whatever that's worth. Um, you know, I at, at that point we were down by 30 points. You know, it's just like find a little victory somewhere. Um, you know, find something that you can build on and some momentum you can grow grow from. And, you know, I do think that the Magic got a little bit of that, but certainly, you know, certainly this was a confluence of a lot of just odd events, of a lot of things that that the Magic, you know, probably weren't expecting to see. They weren't expecting to see the Sixers make a ton of three-pointers. That's something that they haven't done all year. They weren't expecting their own offense to kind of crater the way it did. And, you know, again, the Magic did miss some open shots early. I do think that discouraged them a little bit, along with the defense playing poorly. Um, but, you know, the Magic can certainly point to themselves and say, you know, we didn't execute our offense the way we need to execute our offense or the way we know we, that we can. We can be better, and hopefully that can set a better mindset. Uh, and thirdly, you know, again, those two things combining, the injuries on top of that with Terrence Ross out with a, with an, with a hamstring injury, Evan Fournier out missing essentially the entire game with an injury, the Magic just kind of ran out of firepower. The Magic just kind of ran out of gas. And, you know, again, this it, it got frustrating. Um, you know, you could you could sense the frustration. You could hear the frustration on the court. You know, Nikola Vucevic picked up a technical foul. He's usually pretty stoic. He was not not happy. Um, late in the second quarter, actually, he got he got, you know, pulled from the game or he got subbed out of the game. He waved Clifford off. I've never seen Nikola Vucevic wave off a coach trying to take him out of the game. He tried to wave Ken Birch off the floor, tried to wave coach off, coach off it. Um, and then when he got back to the bench, he kind of smacked his hand on the on a Gatorade cooler um, to, with, in frustration. This this was a frustrating game for Orlando. I mean, shoot, Ben Simmons hit a three, Dwight Howard hit a three. That's the kind of night it was for the Sixers. So 
the combination of a really bad night for the Magic, which you're going to have in the NBA, it's unavoidable, it's, you know, 82-game, 72-game season, you're going to have bad nights. You're going to have nights where you get blown out. It happens. Um, that combined with a really good night for the Sixers and, and the Magic, just they, they, just, didn't, they just didn't have it. Um, they know they didn't have it, and, and of course, I think that the key now is how do you respond? How do you get back? How do you get better off of this to make sure that this doesn't happen again? But... You know, we're going to go, go through some audio now. The Magic certainly are not panicking. We, we don't have to reinvent ourselves right now. I mean, it was one, you know, one horrible game that we just didn't play well. And uh, before that, we, we were 4-0. And, you know, everybody was talk, thought we were going to go 72-0. and So, it, I mean, it's not the end of the world. You know, you had one bad game. It's just, you know, about, you know, seeing what we did bad. Uh, you know, obviously, it's pretty easy for us to know. We would know, you know, we didn't defend well. We weren't into the ball. Uh, we, we weren't helping at all in their drives. Uh, you know, we weren't closing out shooters. So it's things that we know we can do and things that we can adjust, you know, uh, no problem, and uh, things that we've done in the past. So it's nothing major. Uh, you know, you kind of have great nights and you're going to have bad nights, and it's just about learning from those and uh, moving on. So you know, maybe this is good for us to kind of, after that good start, you know, kind of, you know, make us realize that there's a lot of room for us to still improve and that you know, the things that we weren't doing well you know, really showed tonight. And uh, so hopefully it's also a good wake-up call for us in a way. And uh, the next game, you know, I think we'll all be ready. Magic Center, Nikola Vucevic speaking there. Uh, and again, like, the NBA comes at you so fast. It, it's so many things happening all on top of on top of each other. Uh, you know, again, it's it's it's... It's a, a, a long, long journey. We've already seen this season, and this is going to be my silver silver lining, so apologize for those who want to be pessimistic. We've already seen the, the LA Clippers lose by 50. They're 4-1 they're too. We've seen the Miami, the Miami Heat lost by what? 40, by 40 points to the Milwaukee Bucks. They came back the very next night and beat Milwaukee by 11. That's the NBA. The NBA is going to be, is, the NBA regular season at least, is about how you respond to these defeats. So, you know, I, I've sat here and I've said that 30-point losses, and this ended up being a 24-point loss, but it was really a 30-point loss. 30-point losses say more about the losing team than it does the winning team. Because, you know, to, to get down by that much, something has to go terribly wrong. So, like I said, Magic's defense wasn't particularly physical, wasn't particularly good. Um, Orlando wasn't aggressive and assertive offensively, or they were, they were too, they're playing too much for themselves and not enough for each other. Um, that's a that's a major point, uh, you know. So the Magic's flaws and, and and how things can go very very wrong were exposed, and we're going to talk a little bit more about some of that here at the tail end of the show. What matters now, what matters for this team now, is how they respond on Saturday. How the Magic respond on Saturday is going to determine everything about what this team can do. If they come out Saturday, win, beat Oklahoma City by 12, 15 points, who cares that they lost to the Sixers? They're 5-1. and one. That's good. If they struggle again against the Thunder, if they you know aren't able to kind of build off of the good things that they've done this season and fall back into kind of this pattern or, or start this trend where they, just, they, they don't operate functionally, offensively, or defensively, then we'll have concern. It's an NBA season, one game... Honest, honestly, one game doesn't mean very much. It's patterns and it's stretches of games that you build up over time. So Saturday now becomes a very important game. Saturday becomes a big prove-it game for the Magic to prove 
that this is the aberration and not what they did in their first four games. The Orlando Magic, I don't think I ever said the score. Don't need to. The Orlando Magic fall to the Philadelphia 76ers 116-92 for their first loss of the season. They're back in action Saturday against the Oklahoma City Thunder as this four-game homestand continues. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We're going to run quickly through the box score. Not a lot to say about this game before we get into some bigger points about the team that I do want to make before we close out shop. Uh, Magic just did not have a good game by any stretch of the imagination. Nikola Vucevic, 19 points, 8 for 15 shooting, 3 for 6 from beyond the arc, 10 rebounds, 3 assists. About the only positive that we could say, and honestly, I don't think this was a particularly good game from Nikola Vucevic anyways. Um, he got his 3 points make going. Uh, when he popped to the 3-point line, he was fine. Uh, like the game against Oklahoma City, I think the, Ma I mean, and I'm a proponent of the Magic trying to post up Nikola Vucevic. I think they tried to force it. It did, never felt very natural within the offense. Uh, and Joel Embiid did a very good job defensively on Vucevic on the, in the post. Um, it, it, it just, again, the Magic were just so out of flow and out of sync offensively. It, it just didn't matter what they did. Their best offense was always kind of pick and rolls and pick and pops with Nikola Vucevic. Uh, and, and I don't think they ran those enough, especially with Markel Fultz um, in, the, in the lineup. Defensively, Vucevic had no answer for Joel Embiid. Honestly, this is the best I've ever seen Joel Embiid play. I think he's playing at another level right now. Uh, just very, very confident. He had amazing footwork, and, and Vucevic just wasn't able to kind of outposition him, wasn't able to stop him in any stretch. The Magic did try to double on a few occasions, but ended up giving up open threes. It just, it was not a good game. The Magic had no answer in this one. So um, back to the drawing board defensively for Vucevic and the Magic there. Um, no, honestly, no one else really had particularly good games. Markel Fultz, nine points, four assists. Two turnovers, four for eleven shooting. Just he never got a shot going. I, I think he he settled early on for jumpers, and that really set the tone for the game. Um, well, I agree with Coach Clifford that 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 Markel Fultz uh, is doing a very good job organizing and and uh, putting the putting the Magic in the right spots and and, and having them be uh, efficient offensively or having them you know play offensively. Fultz has got to always be on the front foot. I think what we're going to learn about this team is that this team's going to go as Markel Fultz goes. Even if he's not scoring, if he's passing the ball, if he's dishing the ball, if he's getting in the lane, if he's getting, you know, kind of getting in the paint and, and kind of initiating the offense that way and, and being aggressive, the rest of the team is going to follow him. And again, that's asking a lot for a young guard, especially one who's essentially in his second season. It's asking a lot to take on all that responsibility, but I think that's that's kind of where Marco Fultz is with this team. There's really no one else that can take anyone off the dribble, so the Magic are going to need a whole lot more from Markel Fultz coming up here 
uh, in the rest of the season. So just a, a, a mediocre game. Michael Carter-Williams was 3 for 11 for 10 points. He had six rebounds. Um, just he, he, didn't, he, he tried a few jumpers. Like, again, no one was super aggressive. No one was really doing a good job getting in the paint. Carter-Williams tried on a few occasions. He you know probably should have gone to the foul line more than he did. Um, Orlando only shooting 21 free throws, which is low for them this year. Um, not just Orlando just could not draw the contact, could not get uh, Philadelphia off balance defensively, and that shows obviously in the stats. Cole Anthony had 16 points, uh, seven rebounds, five for 18 shooting, one for four from beyond the arc. Um, a lot of those, a lot of that scoring came uh, in garbage time in the fourth quarter. Uh, he's still figuring out where to get his shots, and, and Philadelphia's size really bugged him. Um, you know, they put Matisse Thybul on him, and Matisse Thybul just completely locked him up. You know, it just it didn't matter. Uh, Anthony just couldn't shake anybody, and he was really kind of forcing his shots a lot. Um, so he's he's got to figure out where he can get his shots. Uh, teams were going after him defensively, and and today just and even by his admission, he didn't have a good defensive game. So again, uh, a lot of a lot of guys just not playing up to snuff. Um, Aaron Gordon six points, one for eight shooting. This one was the killer. The fact Aaron Gordon did a decent job on Ben Simmons. Um, he did a good job preventing Simmons from kind of getting free runs at the basket and and being able to score. Um, Simmons was still able to dish the ball, still able to rebound the ball, you know, it, so almost had a triple-double, but a very, like, a 10-10-10 triple-double, not not a crazy triple-double. Um, Gordon just, he's off, man. Uh, you know, his shot just wasn't there. He tried to get to the basket on a few occasions, couldn't really score that way. It, it just it just wasn't good for Aaron Gordon, uh, and, and especially if, you know, with Terrence Ross out, with Evan Fournier out, the Magic needed Aaron Gordon to step up a little bit more offensively. Again, some of that goes traces back to fault. Some of that traces back to the just kind of the rhythm and tempo that the Magic were playing at. Um, you know, Gordon, I think, his only basket came in the third quarter when the Magic made a little mini run that, that brought the lead back down to like 30-ish. But again, the Magic need more from Aaron Gordon. Uh, you know, I know he's dealing with a little bit of an injury, but they got to get something from him. Um, you know, again, you look at your best players. You know, Evan Fournier is one for three in eight minutes. Markel Fultz is four for 11. Aaron Gordon's one for eight. With with all the guys that are out, you're not winning if your best players are going to shoot that poorly. That that's I mean even even if you're playing better defensively than the Magic played, it's just not enough. Orlando shoots 34.7 percent from the floor, seven for 28 for 25 percent from beyond the arc. They get 10 offensive rebounds. They only turned the ball over 11 times, and a lot of that came in the second half when they were just trying to get themselves back in the game. So, you know, Orlando again. I don't think this is all a lost cause. I think a lot of this had to do with just a, an off shooting night. Uh, you know, a confluence of an off-shooting night, a good shooting night for the Sixers. Um, I think this. The, I think the Magic could have made it a little bit more competitive if they if they shot their normal percentages. Um, and again, it's normal for this year, maybe not normal for for last year. Uh, but it just it just it it just never came together. Um, Philadelphia gets a, a really good game from Joel Embiid again. Um, they get twenty-one points, nine rebounds from Joel Embiid, and just twenty-six forty. Uh, he shoots 7 for 11 from the floor. Seth Curry makes five three-pointers for 21 points. Ben Simmons again with a tri- with a near triple-double of 9 points, 10 rebounds, 8 assists. Shake Milton scores 14 off the bench. Uh, and uh, Tobias Harris had 20 points as well. as uh, Again, Philadelphia just did whatever they wanted. They shoot 48.4% from the floor. They were better than 50% uh, in for, mo- for most of the game. They make 15 of 33 three-pointers. This was a team that was really struggling to hit three-pointers this season. They make a ton of them, and again, the Magic gave them open threes, so they they, they they got burned by their defense being poor once again. The Philadelphia 76ers defeat the Orlando Magic 116-92. The Orlando Magic again back in action Saturday against the Oklahoma City Thunder. 
The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So I I, want to make one more note coming out of this um, obviously, you know, we've seen a lot of these defensive issues. We've seen Magic be able to tighten up these defensive issues. I, I think there's still a fair amount of faith that the Magic are going to be able to figure things out defensively. They may not be as good defensively, certainly as good as they would be if they had Jonathan Isaac, um, but I, I, I still believe that this team will be able to figure things out defensively. That the, Again, and they've shown that they can tighten up when they need to, so uh, that, that capability is there. What's... What's been new and novel about this season so far has been the Magic's offense, has been how good the Magic have played offensively. Where entering the game, they're the fifth best offense in the league. Um, again, and that's that's with still some very good efforts and a small sample size, obviously, but the Magic do seem to have hit on something offensively. This this focus on pace, this focus on on getting in the paint, on driving and kicking. All the principles that the Magic have been talking about for so long, they they finally seem to have gotten a grasp of. Uh, and so, what was shocking about Thursday's loss is how the Magic essentially abandoned all that. Uh, and it, it just, watching it, it made me think, you know, this is how the Magic struggle. You know, if this is going to fail, it's going to be in games like Thursday's, where the Magic confused pace with speed, and not intensity, uh, or, or tempo, where the Magic believe in, you know, frankly, in their own, in their own BS a little bit, where, where they believe in how good they really are. Let's be clear, this Magic team is not a great shooting team. Even with how good their offense is playing, it's still in the bottom, still in the bottom half of the league in three-point field goal percentage. They're not a good three-point shooting team. Where the Magic have really feasted is getting to the foul line. You know, like they have a 34% free throw rate, which they obviously didn't hit in this game with only 20 free throws, with only 20 plus free throws. Um, getting to the foul line, getting in the paint, putting pressure there, and and yes, kind of like the San Antonio Spurs, making a ton of mid-range jumpers. This is actually a mid-range jump shooting team. Um, they keep they keep the ball moving well enough, although not well enough to my liking, uh, to put teams on edge. Uh, and kind of keep them off balance. As everyone says, you know, basics of any offense is move them side to side, make the defense work, make the defense move, make the defense rotate, make the defense make decisions. And what happens sometimes when you focus so much on pace is pace gets confused with speed. I, I know I used that line earlier. Let me explain what it means. When we look at pace as the number of possessions per 48 minutes, which is what pace is described as in in many stat databases, the Magic are fourth in the league in pace. They're getting a lot of possessions. The number of possessions they're getting is significant. And and there's certainly a school of thought that says, you know, get as many possessions as you can. It increases your chances of scoring. It increases your ability to score. The The more possessions you have, the more chances you have to score. Simple math. But that's not what coaches mean when they say pace. Like when, when, when Steve Clifford says pace, he means that he wants his team getting into the offense early, initiating their offense quicker, 
and running through their sets quicker. It's more of a tempo and more of a rhythm that's established or an intensity that's established rather than a raw number of possessions that are being played. So yes, an incidence of that is yes, you do end up playing a few more possessions. But the Magic are still figuring out exactly how this plays out. And you will notice in the times where the Magic struggle, where the, where the Magic's offense goes cold, it's because they're taking quick shots instead of running through their offense. And that's the, the struggle that the Magic are facing right now. That's the balance the Magic are seeking. And it's something that they're still figuring out. And on Thursday, we saw what happens when they lean too far in the wrong direction. I think that's the whole key for our team is, you know, finding that balance of, you know, uh, to me it's, you know, if you have an advantage, take it. You know, I mean, if you're five on four, four on three, I mean, what, you know, really what we're calling is quick strikes are layups, open threes, or like a Vooch or Aaron Gordon deep post up. And except for that, we need to quickly uh, move into secondary options. And again, that's something that we've, you know, got to be very good at the end of last year, that right now, I mean, we're accounts, we're accounts slow, and it'll be a big part uh, of how much progress we can make at that end of the floor. It's definitely a tricky balance. And again, this is something that is very much, I think, on Markel Fultz's plate. Again, he, I, I, I think he is going to have to realize very, very quickly the kind of tone that he sets for the team. If he's in an aggressive downhill tone, the rest of the team is going to be successful. If he, you know, settles for a jumper early on or, or, or kind of settles for hanging on the perimeter, I mean, you think he took two pull-up jumpers. He tried to answer the Ben Simmons three with a three of his own. If he tries to do things that are outside of his comfort zone or he's not the one kind of getting downhill and initiating and forcing the action, I think the Magic are going to struggle. I think the Magic are going to fall into this trap of taking quick shots, of, you know, taking, you know, not even the first good shot they get, but kind of the one-pass shot. You don't want to see the Magic doing one-pass possessions unless they're getting layups or wide-open three-pointers or essentially transition or secondary transition sets. You don't want to see that. You want to see the Magic moving the ball a little bit better. I mean, Nikola Vucevic said, would say later that, you know, yes, you want to be quick. You, you know, if you can get a good shot early, take it. But if you're patient, if you're moving the ball, eventually the defense is going to break down. It is hard to defend for 24 seconds. Um, you got to make them work. Uh, and if they if they're forcing them to work, they're going to make a mistake, or they're going to be caught off guard a little bit to to drive. I mean, that happened so many times to the Magic, where especially early on in the game, where the Magic had good defense, you know, made some good defense, did good rotations, but a split second late on a closeout, and they're, the Sixers are blown by you for a layup with two seconds left on the shot clock. There is something to being methodical and working the clock down. Uh, and that's something the Magic just haven't done a ton of this year. And again, as good as their offense is, this is the trap they can fall into. They fell into that, honestly, they fell into that trap on Thursday. That The Magic could have come back with, with how bad their defense was. They've done that before. And again, Philadelphia is a good, very good defense. Uh, you got to give them a lot of credit for the way that they played Orlando. Orlando was down two very key players in Evan Fournier and Terrence Ross, their two best shooters. Definitely changed the way that they that they got defended. The Sixers did a good job crowding the paint uh, and, and forcing whoever drove to get too deep to pass back out. Um, there's there's definitely something to that, uh, but but Orlando's got to find this balance, um, and, and they've got to keep practicing and keep working and keep understanding exactly what makes this offense tick. 
the Magic assists are down this year. Um, they, they are, they are way down this year uh, compared to last year, where they were high assisting. Most of their field goals came off of assists. Um, that's not this team so far. Uh, and, and I think one thing the Magic do have to do, and again, they got to the, get to the foul line a lot too, which is a, a huge boost to this offense. I mean, they've been a they've been a twenty five percent free throw rate team for a very long time now. They were they're up at thirty one percent at least entering this game. You know, that's six six free throws per one hundred possessions essentially. That is essentially five free points. Uh, you know, again. The, the most efficient, you know, Steve Clifford has said this a number of numerous times. The stats bear this out. The two mo- the most efficient shot in the game is a free throw. Uh, that is almost guaranteed a point per possession. And again, if the goal is, you know, you want to be up at around, uh, you know, I think the the 110 points per possession is probably a magic number for being a uh, an elite offensive team. If you're getting a point per possession, you know, and 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 then your free throws, you're probably getting really like 1.5 or 1.6 points per possession. Uh, if you're if you're shooting nothing but free throws, uh, if you're doing that, you're you've got a successful offense. I mean, free throws are really powerful weapons uh, as far as creating efficiency offensively. The Magic have been very good at that this year, and a lot of that's just because they have an attack mindset, an aggressive mindset that gets them in the paint. That wasn't present Thursday. Instead, the Magic were settling for mid-range jumpers, which again is part of their offense too. But one pass mid-range jumpers without getting those paint touches, without getting inside out the way that they need to. The Magic have a lot of work to do. No one denies that. No one's denied that even when they were 4-0. They're not perfect yet. They haven't played their best game. But we saw the trap that the offense can fall into. That's going to do it for me today. Though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Set your tune in Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the places to the podcast to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at R underscore Mean, of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic. You can check out orlandomagicdaily.com. Hoping to have a New Year's Day post up for you uh, beyond the game uh, on looking back at 2020, but uh, I I shouldn't make that promise because I am going to the Citrus Bowl to watch my Northwestern Wildcats defeat the Auburn Tigers. Go Cats. Um, We'll be back again on Monday to recap Saturday's game against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Look ahead a little bit to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Have a very happy New Year, everyone. Have a great New Year's Day and a great New Year's Day weekend. We'll see you all again for the rest of 2021 here on Locked On Magic. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.